We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, picture yourself on a, on a Southwest airline flight from Portland to Denver. When the 737, it's not a Mac, so don't get excited, begins rolling down the runway, you start flapping your wings. And the flight attendant comes up to you and says, what on earth are you doing? You say, oh, I'm trying to get the 737 off the ground. She says, you're out of your mind. You don't have to do that. Says, no, really, I'm committed to making this work. Sir, you can really just sit back and relax. The plane will get off the ground by itself. No, I have to. I promise to get the pilot the help he needs. And eventually your arms get tired. How smart is that? It's time to start try, stop trying and start trusting. That's the truth of the day. Stop trying and start trusting. Winter series on the book of Exodus called Let My People Go, a phrase that appears seven times in the book. And today in Exodus 14, finally, finally, Pharaoh lets God's people go. But it dawns on Pharaoh by letting the Israelite slaves leave, he's just ruined the Egyptian economy. So the only logical thing to do is go chase after him. So the world's, the ancient world's most powerful army sets out after Israel. What does God teach us through the exciting events of Exodus 14? Stop trying and start trusting. The dilemma, you're surrounded. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Piharath between Migdal and the sea. And they are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal Zephon. That's one of the most amazing commands in the entire Bible. The Israelites have left Egypt, and God says, turn back. Are you kidding me? Freedom is out of Egypt, and now God wants us to go back to Egypt? Why is God doing that? He wants Israel to stop trying and start thinking. You've been there, haven't you? With your back against the wall, your dreams crushed, your broken heart in hand and saying, God, it was so good. What's the deal? Why do I have to go back? I mean, after all, you might be elected president of Russia. You might discover a way to email pizzas and become a millionaire. Pigs might fly. Kangaroos might swim. Men might surrender the remote. It's not likely. But all of this is possible. But what isn't possible, though, is a problem-free life. And sometimes God is behind the problem. Sometimes God is the one who brings us to the end of our rope when we're stuck and trapped, just like Israel between Pharaoh and the Red Sea. So why does God do this? Exodus 14.4, but I, Yahweh, will gain glory for myself. God knows exactly what he's doing. He's orchestrating our lives so that when we are delivered, he gets the glory and not you and I. Pharaoh sees Moses and the Israelites hemmed in by the wilderness, lost, confused, stuck, trapped. Pharaoh took 600 of his best chariots and along with the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. Chariots were the present-day equivalent of military drones, right? They are awesome mobile strike platforms for shooting arrows at, um, as they storm through the enemy lines. Bombs away! 
There's an ancient picture of King Tut wearing his blue crown of war, and above him are the vulture and the cobra, the signs of the upper and the lower Nile. As he rides his chariot, his bow is stretched out, ready to strike. Pharaoh has 600 choice chariots. So how many choice chariots does Israel have? Gusag. Israel's back is against the Red Sea, facing certain destruction. There is not a thing they can do. Can you just imagine Moses asking God, why is this happening? Answer. So the people stop trying and start trusting. Jesus knows all about this kind of dilemma. Does he ever? Jesus knows all about dead ends. His path to the cross led him before Caiaphas, the high priest. It led him before Pilate, who sent him to Herod, who sent Jesus back to Pilate. His path led him before soldiers who whipped him, mocked him, spit on him, and his path ended on a dead end called Calvary. Jesus knows, oh, Jesus knows about dead ends. And the decree, just stay calm. Moses tells the people, the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. What kind of a decree is that? It means that we can stop flapping our arms. We can stop helping God. We can sit back and let God do the heavy lifting. How so? The Lord himself fights for you. Imagine two mixing bowls, and you fill one of them with water, and the other one is filled with battery acid. Now take an apple, cut it in half, put half in the water, and the other half in that other bowl. Let them sit for five minutes and pull them out. Which one would you like to eat? Well, our mind is that apple, and God's word is good water, and the battery acid, those are our problems. If you marinate your mind in your own problems, eventually it will corrode your mind, corrupt your thoughts, and leave you hopeless. But marinate your mind in God's word will preserve it and refresh it. And what is God's word for us today? Just stay calm. But you ask, what if? What if I lose my job? What if my wife's cancer comes back? What if my boyfriend dumps me? That's not a problem. What if one of my children is in an accident and is paralyzed or worse yet is killed? God decree calls us to replace what if with his word. Just stay calm. And the deliverance in the morning. This is one of the greatest scenes in the Bible. If the scene is in your heart, it's like the keynotes to a scale. It's amazing. With just a few notes, all kinds of music can be played. So few notes, but you have to have the notes. And here they are. Moses lifts his staff, the Red Sea parts. The Israelites walk through on dry ground. Pharaoh and his armies follow, and the Red Sea comes crashing down. And here's the song. No more bricks, no more whips, no more Pharaoh's bag of tricks. And when did it happen? In the morning. Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. 
When did God finally save his people from their long night in Egypt? In the morning. When does Psalm 46.5 say that God delivers? In the morning. When did Jesus rise again? In the morning. When does God deliver us from our long nights of life? Well, according to Lamentations 3.23, his mercies are new every morning. And what's the last name the Bible gives to Jesus? The bright morning star. Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping endures for the night, but joy, joy, joy comes in the morning. So are you feeling stuck, trapped, pinned against the wall? Are you afraid that depression will never lift, that the yelling will never stop, that the emptiness will never leave? Are you wondering, will the gray skies ever brighten, will this load ever lighten? Do you feel predestined for pain, asking, will I ever get out? Exodus 14 announces that your battle is God's battle. And get this, God has never lost a battle. God has never lost one single solitary battle, not with Pharaoh, not with sin, not with Satan, and not with death. The outcome's inevitable. The victory's assured. The last chapter has already been written. It's time to stop trying and start trusting. The plane will get off without our help. God has it under control so we can stop flapping our wings. Moses put it this way, just stay calm. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.